Hi, welcome to Here to Then, hosted by Carolyn Takeda, former attorney, current small groups pastor, and life coach. Through monthly conversations with pastors, authors, and guests, we hope to stir your thoughts and encourage you to move from where you are to where you want to be, in your personal life, in your leadership, or in your ministry. Welcome back to Group Talk. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Carolyn Takeda, your host and the Executive Director of Small Groups at Calvary Community Church and Westlake Village. Well, this January, we have been doing something special. We've been doing a three-part series with Pastor Steve Gladen, who is not only the small group pastor of Saddleback Church since 1998, but he is the founder and the leader of the Small Group Network, which is just starting its 10th year, which is quite exciting. So mm-hmm. we're doing this in a three-parter, and if you've joined us for um, for this one, let me just remind you, you can go back and listen to part one, where we talked about the different seasons of ministry, recognizing that Steve has been in ministry a long time. <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> I'm, I'm right up there with you. Not in ministry, in years. Um, <laughs> 30 plus years of experience. We wanted to take some time to t- talk about um, what are things to pay attention to in your first uh, beginning season of ministry? What are some things to pay attention to in your middle? And then finally, on this podcast, we're going to focus on what do we need to do and folk, um, and pay attention to in kind of more the veteran years, maybe, you know, eight, nine, ten year plus um, and ongoing. And so um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because this is where I am. I met 11 years, which is so hard to believe. Um, so we're going to kind of dive into that. So regardless of where which season of ministry you're in... We hope it's it's helpful to you, and you can always go back and listen to some the other two um, if that's where you live. So, so Steve, let's dive right in. This has been such a fun series, um, and I think even the the first two, even though I'm done with those seasons in a way, they're kind of cyclical, aren't they? Like if there's a new endeavor, or I've been giving something new in my role, then I kind of go back to starting. You know, yeah. then I move into you know into um, stabilizing, and so we kind of circle cycle through. I think. Yeah, it is. It's been fun as as we've been going through these. I keep going through. They're great refreshers for me too, because just like you said, in a lot of ministries, uh, your role just isn't pure small groups, and so you're getting different little things thrown at you, and you're like going, "Oh, I need to revisit that and redo it." When uh, it's just been great to to understand. Okay, starting. I'm starting a ministry. What do I need to do? If I'm trying to stabilize it, because you know I'm finally out of the honeymoon. What do I do? And now, as we're talking about sustaining. How do you make groups last a long haul? Because we know it's it's much more easier to start groups than it is to sustain them. This is very true. And the uh, same is true for ministry. And the same is true for marriage, okay. <laughs> which has been our analogy as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So to be successful in sustaining for the long haul, that's kind of like the verse about don't be weary of, don't get weary of, you know, doing well, um, of well-doing. I forget. That's my own translation. But you know the verse. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's one of those things in ministry that, that we're talking about. This first thing that we're talking about is, you know, how do you build a board of directors? And we've talked about ministry teams in, in many different ways from a volunteer aspect, but a board of directors helps in so many different ways. And and I think on, on this one, I, I'd love to turn the tables on you, Carolyn, because uh, you're always interviewing. But let me let me talk to you because, you know, I've heard you talk about a board of directors before, and you and I had that conversation I don't know even how many years, years ago. Years ago, yeah. <laughs> but talk to me about why that stuck with you. What what did it? What what season did it catch you in? And you know why is it so important? Wow, 
you're still coaching me. What the heck? <laughs> um, okay, so actually, I think this conversation, and you probably remember it, um, and you've mentored so many small group point leaders over the years. But for those of you who don't know, Steve and I go way back. Um, his wife is amazing, and we've been friends. We were at the same church, and we were friends now for 20 years. Um, and so, Same small group, but she's not. Sa- same small group, and he was not the leader, and neither was I, and that was probably a good thing. <laughs> it was. It was a very good thing. Um, but it just got just kind of brought Stephen to, to my life beyond the friendship. And so when I took this role um, as a small group leader, um, ministry leader, he was the first phone call I made to say, what do I do? How do I do this? Um, but then about probably around the middle, maybe year six or seven, somewhere, we, our church had gone through some major transitions um, and in leadership. And just my kids were in a different stage of life then. I was asked to do more, more hours. Just I was kind of in transition and we were having a conversation and I said, how do I kind of manage the different parts of my life um, as a mom, which is my highest priority as a wife, um, and in this job, which is taking more energy and passion from me um, that I love and want to give, but I'm not sure how to manage all this. Um, and then, um, Steve, you said, you know, do you have a board of directors? I'm like, what? I'm not a company. Um, but <laughs> we talked through, like, and he had shared with me kind of who was on his board. You don't actually invite these people and say, be on my board or anything. It's just kind of like down low, yeah. where you kind of go, okay, I need a spiritual person. I need an accountability person. I need someone to help me um, navigate a more kind of the leadership pieces. Um, someone who who's kind of my mommy friend that w- I can process uh, parenting stuff with, especially as my kids were heading into the adolescent years. And so it, it did stick with me, and I processed it through. And as a result, I ended up with um, a spiritual director that I see on a bi-monthly basis. So every other month or so, I sit in her her house, and we talk about what what is God doing in your soul. It's so counter to everything else I do because I'm kind of a driver um, and a doer, but it just kind of slows me down. We focus on listening to God together, and that's been been really sweet um, for me and just helped me spiritually. I've I've started um, doing a Sabbath as a result of that on a more consistent basis, and that's been huge. Also, I have a... um, I have several mom friends who are a little ahead of me. Like they've sent their kids off to college and Steve has just sent her his first off and I'm about to send mine off next year. Mm -hmm. And it's very traumatic. And so um, I have parents a little ahead of me that help me with that piece, with the parenting piece. Um, And I have Steve for my leadership piece. When I have big leadership questions, why does church work like this? What's going on with ministry? How to do the long haul? Well, um, he's kind of my go-to guy still for that. And then actually, and this is really, I'm being completely honest. If I have like a skills question about small groups ministry, I turn to the internet. I look at our Facebook page for the small group network. Sometimes I throw questions out there. We see a lot of questions out there that you guys throw out there too. Just on the skill stuff that maybe somebody else has tried that um, I haven't tried yet. I go to other peers, brothers and sisters that I've met at the lobby that are in this ministry together. And I have a whole group, kind of a subgroup of that, uh, people that all over the, the country that I turn to for various things. I know like, you know, one guy does outreach really well. So he's my go-to for that or, you know, whatever skill stuff. So it's a long-winded answer. Basically, I need a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, as we're talking through this, when you're trying to sustain ministry, uh, we get the part about, you know, how do I get the people around me that can help do the small group ministry work? How do I get the people around me that can build a strategic plan that we talked about in the stabilizing session? But in this sustaining, when we're talking a little bit more about who are those people that can help you do the personal things of your life? Who can speak into you that can not only help on the ministry side, but 
that can just work with you. And, and Carolyn, one of the things I appreciate is that, uh, you know, you, you didn't, you worked on it right away. And I can tell you with, with my, the same thing, my personal board of directors, they are, they are people that they are my biggest fans. Yeah. doesn't mean they're the nicest people <laughs> to me, but they're my biggest fans. And they're the ones that are saying you travel too much mm. and we're not going to let you travel anymore. And uh, so it, it's hard, but that was, that's the first point that we went on. If you're going to stabilize, if you're going to sustain ministry, you've got to be able to be sustained. Yeah. You've got to last the long haul. We have a phrase that we say, don't let the work for God destroy the work of God inside of you. And in ministry, when you're trying to sustain it, when you're trying to last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you've got to make sure that the work of God is not getting destroyed by what you're doing for God. And so, number one, personal board of directors, Carolyn, will give you lots of tidbits on how to make that work. (laughs) If you don't get anything else out of this um, podcast, what Steve just said about not letting the work for God destroy the work of God, that is so critical. And that's the root of all burnout. And um, and when we burn out as ministers, our ministries are not going to be healthy either. So I think that that's so critical. Um, second point you make is to pour into other churches. And you've done this very consistently over time. I can't believe you still give out your cell phone number at conferences and things. Thankfully, they don't all call you, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, correct. They don't all call me. They 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 don't. But uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things that. Um, You've got to get back. You know, um, we we created these huddles. Uh, you know, we're, we're nearing that mark of over having over 200 huddles that are meeting. If you go on the smallgroupnetwork.com site and you just look at the map, you can see where a huddle might be close to you or where you can start one. But the thing, the, the principle is God blesses those that give. Yeah, ministry is like giving blood. When you give, uh, that's a bad analogy because, you know, it's like, let's go with this one. But it is true when you give blood. You think it's such graphic word pictures. I know. But, uh, you know, are you going to be a conduit or are you going to be a container? Uh, Obviously, in the, uh, you know, over in the Middle East, you have the, the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee that are that. One is a container and just taking, taking, taking. One is a conduit where it's passing through life. And the thing that I would encourage you to do, if you're listening to this, if you've been around ministry, uh, you know, into the sustaining season, and and you're not giving back, uh, I would just, as a polite rebuke, just say, uh, (laughs) you need to give. I, I know too many people that... Uh, have you know wisdom constipation? Uh, they're always taking <laughs> Thank you again, <laughs> and they're not giving out. So um, you're gonna have nightmares after this podcast. But oh, wow, uh, good thing it'll be a whole year before we have you back on, Steve, <laughs> to recover. That's usually why it takes a year. You forget about these things, and then you go, "Oh, this is why I don't have them back on." But just be a blessing to other people. Uh, we have many opportunities where you can do that. You can be a certified trainer with Accelerate, so you can train other people to do a strategic plan. You can lead a huddle. You can be a part of the lobby. There's so many ways that you can give back. Uh, we have a leadership team of you know some 40-plus people just using their gift sets and giving back, and almost 200 uh, huddle leaders who are pouring back in. So just, you know, and in, in, in it sounds counterintuitive. You think, how am I going to sustain this? I've got I've to keep everything around me in order to make this race last, but it's just like everything when, when God it's, you know, tithing isn't about money. Baptism isn't about water. Fasting is not about uh, food. 
the Sabbath is not about time. It's about, are you willing to be obedient? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that God says is always give back to those, you know, pour into others. And uh, when you do that, you're going to find out you're going to be able to sustain the ministry a little bit longer than, than you realize. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, if you do show up for a huddle, even if it's inconvenient in the middle of a busy season, whatever, you find just like a lot of times when you show up for a small group and you don't feel like going and you show up and you're so glad you went, it's a lot like that. And last huddle, I invited someone that I had just met who was a small groups guy at a local church. I had never heard of the network, had didn't know there was such a thing. I invited him to come and he was blown away by just how encouraged he was. He said, I didn't even know I was discouraged. And then in hearing all these things, he said, now I just feel like I got my wind back in my sails. I'm so excited to try this stuff out. You know, and it just, and everybody kind of said the same. They're like, when are we doing the next one? And it was so much work to get them there. But then like <laughs> nobody wanted to leave. And so that kind of ends up being the experience when you do give back. It really does give back to us a whole lot more. Um, so number three, you say trust, but verify. And part of this I like because we're both tend towards cynicism and sarcasm. And so we like, we trust people, but we like to verify. You want to expand on that? Well, I mean, I'm taking that line from uh, one of our presidents, but it is so true. When you're in this part of phase in ministry, uh, obviously you do trust people and you've put them in place and you're doing it. But uh, sometimes, uh, you know, drift can happen because we're not, you know, periodically going in and just, you know, just seeing how, how stuff is going. And so, uh, although we do trust them, you know, part of trust is I like to verify. And, uh, and, and there's never a point where we don't come out with a couple coaching points of, you know, how you might want to do this. And this is why the same thing with group leaders, you know, uh, it, you just don't, um, unless you're seeing them and helping them, part of your job is to verify that everything is going well. Part of your job as, a, as, a, as an overseer is to make sure it's going well. Uh, part of this sustaining thing, I think of 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4, because it gives the three attributes of who we are as ministers. Uh, one, one part of our job is we are an elder. Uh, we are to be there. We are, we're talking about the soul care and, and taking care of ourselves and, and uh, using that to breathe into other people and to give wisdom. But we're, we're also a shepherd. And, you know, we are to take care of the sheep. And most of us, that's the primary thing that we get involved in. But there's also the overseer role. And that's that's the word for manager. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes, you know, our personality will jump to one of those. We, we're either much more of a thinker and we're the elder or we like to be the shepherd and always, you know, taking care of the sheep or we're an overseer. And sometimes we get too, too much on that and we have a whip and everything. But, um <laughs> Is that what uh, I see in your office right there, Steve? Is that a whip? <laughs> there are kinds of weapons I have in my office if you've ever been to my office. But but the thing is, is that regardless, all those three things work together. And when you look at that passage in First Peter, we're, we're all – that's the tension that so many of us have. And so and this is part is just saying that if you're sustaining ministry – You've got to be a manager. You've got to be able to go in there. And uh, sometimes I, I have people say, well, you're micromanaging me. Well, I, I don't care what word you put to it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it, you know, we're hopefully we have enough relationship that you're not feeling that way. Right. But, you know, uh, everybody needs, you know, nobody leads in a vacuum is what we'd like to say. Right. And that means looking at the metrics, right? And seeing, yeah. how, measuring it up against performance, asking yeah. the hard questions. Um, I ask our team, you know, who are you spending time with? Who are your priority people that you're shepherding? What did you do? Once in a while, I'll say, you know, um, tell me what you did the last 20 hours. Uh, last week, and just to break it down, um, not to be not to be hard on people, but just to to be a, as you said, it's an overseer. And I look at it also too; it's about stewardship. Mm-hmm. We only have so much time, and I'm so cognizant that you know we're paying people, and I'm being paid through people's uh, tithes and offerings, um, and we want to be good stewards of that. And so it. Part of that means we verify and make sure that we're doing what we've been called to do and asked to do and people are being responsible with that. So um, I agree uh, wholeheartedly with that because <laughs> we both really like to manage. So there's that. Um, uh, <laughs> all right. So point, uh, fourth point, and this one I think is, is critical, is to beware of tunnel vision. Um, at yeah. this stage, why is that so critical? Well, I mean, like all of us, we can get into a rut. And uh, and sometimes because now we have so much on our plate uh, and we're, we maybe have been in our church longer, we have more responsibilities or doing things. Tunnel vision is something that you can get into personally. And so I want to talk to you about that, but also ministerially in, in your ministry. So, so personally, one of the things I'd say, uh, sometimes um, because you may have more positional authority, uh, people aren't as quick to speak into your life and help you. And that's why mm-hmm. a 360 review is always so helpful, um, just not only on uh, yourself, but just on how you carry yourself and how people see you. Um, I've been at Saddleback long enough to know that not everyone's going to tell me that they disagree with me. But when we do a 360 review and give them an anonymous way to say, you know, how am I leading? How am I, you know, behaving? Things like that. You can speak into that. And then there's also in, in your own ministry ways of, of staying fresh, uh, of being able to, you know, like we talk about going to the lobby, which is our networking event where, you know, you, you start to hear new ideas and, right. and, and, and what people are doing. But with both of these, I would say you have to go into it saying, uh, I might not be uh, the, I might not have the sharpest ministry. It may have gotten a dull piece to it. And personally, I may have gotten a little less sharp in what I'm doing. And so I, whenever I go into a 360 review with my staff, I'm always got to be able to say I'm open to, to hearing some right. hard things. And um, I just had, a, you know, I was with some of my board directors and they were giving me some. And some of the words that came back, I'm like going, that's not me. They huh. got me wrong. <laughs> Uh, and and then I go, Lisa, I go, do you think this is me? And uh, she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> and she was wrong too. You know? <laughs> but but you, you have to be open to be able to say, do I need to change? And then also in your ministry. Now, in the ministry, what I say is, I'm not talking about changing the principles or the values right. that your church is built on. But sometimes your methodologies have gotten a little rusty, have gotten out of date, may need to change a little bit. And when you've been the one that has put them in place, they may be your baby, and they're hard to let go. And I've always got to be able to tell my team, I go, you know, help me, help me be good, because uh, I want to be good in ministry, and I want to be good personally with my family. 
the the idea that people, as you go up the food chain, that people don't aren't as comfortable telling you hard truths. I think that's so so true, and that makes it harder for us to have real data to work off of. Um, I love having new people join the team because they give me fresh eyes, and because we are the ones who put the the system in place, it's hard to see. So I like asking new staff, you know, what what have you heard about the small groups ministry? What good, bad, or otherwise? Um, what do you think? You know, I just say, give, ask me questions to see what isn't working. And they'll say, you know, why do you do it this way? Um, and then once they hear the reasons why, they go, oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Not, not, not always. But the idea, <laughs> but the idea is it's always good to kind of revisit. Every time we do a connection, every six months, I spend some time revisiting it. Is this still the best way? Mm-hmm. Um, that it's, it's being done. And I, I read, I read so much and I always look at, is there other ideas out there that we could do with that fit in our culture? And then a lot of times I end up with what we already are doing and tweak it a little bit. But I, I think it's important to keep asking that question. Um, so that we don't stay stuck and we don't make assumptions about what God's going to do or not do just because that's the way he's always done it. Um, mm-hmm. And instead allow some the spirit to have some breathing room in doing something, maybe a new fresh work. Um, and that has to do with just, it help, just helps me to be around people that aren't around the ministry uh, 24-7 and they yeah. give me different perspective. Yeah, and it just, just a reminder, it takes a very mature, secure person to be able to take a hard look at yourself and how you're doing your ministry to be able to make this happen. But I will tell you, and I, I'll tell you two things. I'll tell you, it is painful. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times I just went, I went, wah, wah, wah. And you, feel, you do feel bad about yourself. But, you know, it's always for the betterment of who you are. And when you can go down these roads uh, and, and you can break out of some of the tunnels you are and saying, maybe somebody else does have the niche for, for doing this. And this is why I'm like you, Carolyn, I love hearing ideas because I'm like going, I, I'm, I'm not too proud to steal somebody else's idea. So, um, yeah, there's nothing new under the sun anyway. <laughs> there we are. And then for the last one, um, and this one surprised me when we had this conversation. So the last one for su- sustaining for the long haul, you would say drum roll. Stay hungry. Uh, and part of, I, 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 uh, you know, I tell my daughter, as uh, Carolyn alluded to, she's in college now, and I say, do something that you love, and one of the benefits is you happen to get paid for it. Mm. And, and part of what I have learned through, through ministry and, and being at Saddleback so long, I've taken a page just from Rick. He is always pushing the envelope. He is always pushing us hard. Uh, you know, he said, you know, in a, in a few years to... Uh, to go into another phase of ministry, uh, more on the external side. And he is pushing as hard as ever. And it is really helping me to be able to say, you know, not to get complacent because the work of the ministry is never done. Now, the only way that you can really stay hungry is if you're, if you're in what you love to do. Right. And uh, I honestly say, I, I, you know, and that's my downfall, too. I mean, there's two sides to that coin all the time. When you love it, sometimes you don't let go of it. And you bring, <laughs> you bring it home, and there's never a Sabbath and something like that. But you you know when you're complacent. And if you're starting to get complacent, again, you want to get around people uh, in a different stage because you start saying, wow, they're, they, 
that's how I used to be. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they challenge you. And that's why I love being around some of our younger pastors because dude, they're, they're like the Energizer Bunny and they're just running, <laughs> running, running. And I'm just like, well, you used to be yeah. like this. <laughs> I did. I did. I wasn't as pink, but yeah, I like to do this. So how do you, how do you make that happen? But another thing too is you, you got to be willing to push yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you've earned the right to, to kick it back, but that doesn't mean it's the right thing. And uh, again, I found that when you're a self-starter and you keep asking God what's next, mm-hmm. uh, God will give you that opportunity. And I'm always trying to be thinking and going, okay, God, you've given me this platform. You've given me this year's in ministry, not to sit on it, mm-hmm. but to to use it for your greater kingdom work. And I found that joy just comes through when I'm growing and I'm stretching. I find that there's a joy that is just unbelievable. And when you know your strengths and you know your weaknesses, um, you get to just focus more on your strengths because you're secure enough that you're pulling all kinds of people around you that can help you in your weak sides. And uh, I just was talking to one of the guys I hired. I go, I can't believe you like doing this job description. (laughs) And I wrote it. I'm just like going, who who would ever want to do this? And he's just like, well, I love doing this. So I'm just like going, oh, I love you so much. But but that frees me up to do what I love to do and to think how I like to think. And um, and again, I would encourage you, you know, this is where your board of directors can help you out because they can challenge you because, and if you're in a rut, we all been there. Ministry is a cycle of growth and consolidation, growth and consolidation. And I always tell my team, it's in the consolidation zone that you discover what you're really made out of. And if you're as hungry in the consolidation zone as you are in the growth zone, you're in a good place because God, you know, it's not everything is up and to the right all the time. Sure. But, you know, you want to stay consistent and keep people around you. And part, that's part of one of the things, too, is your board, board of directors got to be encouragers mm-hmm. uh, because encourage, you know, helps you to believe in yourself to be able to do more than what you ever thought you could do. So if you're going to sustain, keep the hunger there and, uh, you know, don't let these younger pups, you know, run circles around you. <laughs> I think part of the staying hungry is I think in the earlier stages of ministry, I was hungry maybe for the wrong reasons because I was hungry to prove myself, to mm. um, to be effective, to put up some numbers, to do, you know, it's, it's, it was more about me. And then also, of course, you know, you want God's glory, you want the church to benefit and all of that. But I think there's parts of that weren't super healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas now for me, 10 plus years of the staying hungry piece, uh, recently I had a performance review with, with our executive uh, pastor who's been overseeing me for, for most of that time. Um, and he said, you're, you know, you have this quiet confidence now um, that you didn't have in earlier seasons. And there is a sense of contentment even while you're hungry. You know what I mean? So it's just because we're saying being hungry doesn't mean be discontent Mm -hmm. or be striving constantly where you're like creating chaos for your team and for your family. um, And you're just driving, driving, driving. It's not about that. It's more about, I think, an inner desire to keep stretching and keep growing. Um, And that's what feeds your your soul. And that's also what feeds your ministry. Um, Because really, the ministry isn't going to be an overflow of whatever God's already doing in us because you can't give away what you don't possess. And so part of it is to be in a place where you're content in the Lord and yet at the same time continuing to want to grow and move forward with this little brief life we have. 
Now you bring out a good point, Carolyn, because so many times it's about those out of boys or out of girls that you get that drive you younger in ministry. But uh, when you're doing it more for God and how you can, you know, uh, build into the kingdom, it does keep that hunger and that fire, you know, deep in your soul of who you are and what you want to do for God. This is true. And that seems like a really good place to end. That was so profound. Which you are. Um, so thank you, Steve, for this conversation. Hopefully it's helpful to, to you, our listeners. And it was, it was great fun for us. So thank you, Steve, to, for all the ways you invest and continue to, to pour out um, to the small group network and all the small group pastors. Love being with you, Carolyn, and uh, I pray this blesses a lot of folks. Yes, we do. That sharing that prayer. Um, you can connect with Steve on Twitter at Steve Gladen or on his website, smallgroups.net, which has a lot of free downloads that would be helpful for your ministry. You can also interact with Steve on Facebook, our small group network page. He's on there constantly. In fact, when I see someone post something, probably within half an hour, you've liked it or commented on it or you've punted it to somebody on your team to comment on it. Um, it's, so you're very active on that. So he, he's super accessible. Um, so are so many other experts that we've had on group talk, um, and other people just in the network that are just doing, doing this work and doing it well. Um, and so please take advantage of those resources and thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to here to there part of the group talk network of podcasts. If you like what you've heard, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you want to learn more, make sure you check out smallgroupnetwork.com for more resources.